today's episode talks about family relations or family tree. Did you ever stop to think that maybe there's somebody you haven't met in a long time that all of a sudden you connected with and you find out they're a member of your family? You've never met them before and you spoke with them on the phone and they turn out to be a family member from your family, from your family's past. And today was that day. And I can tell you, it was a wonderful feeling knowing that we have family members. Not all of them are gone. You know, from, she said she knew my mother and father. I think when she was a little girl, she went to their wedding. My mother and father got married in late 1957. When my, both of my parents were in their 30s when they got married. I think they were 30 years old when they got married. And it was extraordinary to hear her, the love, the, the the tears I get to meet, you know, your you know my your your mother's, uh, or how the way she put it, yeah, I met your mother and her daughters. We're all we all have a connection because my mom again was the oldest of five. My mom was the oldest of five. You know, I looked back at a time and said, I want to go back to Greece. I want to find out all it is there to know about how my both my mother and father lived and the circumstances that they lived. You know, we go back to the villages where they grew up and you ask yourself, is it still standing? Is it still the same? Has anything changed? I do remember an instant when we went back to the house. We went on a, a family trip. I was nine years old when we went. That was my first experience of going to Greece. It was different back then. I mean, if if I go back now, I could say, honestly, these are the places I want to go to because when I was a child, I was forbidden to go to them. When you're a child, you can only go certain places where your parents will take you. When you get to be an adult, it's different, right? When you get to be an adult, you get to experience things for the first time as a grown-up. It's a different experience. Is a part of me wants to go back to that history of my father and mother and get to know where they come from. What was the family secret? There are family secrets that, and, and family stories that we don't even know about. When I talked with my mother back in the day when she was alive, I could tell you that when I asked her about my grandfather, my mother had a hard time talking about her father. When I found out what he did to the family, I lost my respect for him. Even if I were to meet him back in the day, I would want to know, why did you do what you do? Why didn't you just stick it out with your family through that hard time? Why was it difficult for you to not face up to it? You figured, as the head of the household, I have responsibility to my wife and my, my children. And what did he decide to do? Skip out on them. He left them. He abandoned them. He neglected them. It's the worst feeling in the world, abandonment, neglect. If you think about, if you go back to a time and you look at your parents and you think, well, they did survive it. They got through it. But look at the family that they were born, born into. You know, my mother, again, had to take on the responsibility of being a second parent at a very young age. I mean, she was the oldest of five. You know, it was her, my grandmother, and then their grandfather, or her grandfather, rather. Her and her grandfather developed a stronger bond than her own father. I always felt that she was very resentful towards him. 
She claimed she still loved him, but how do you love someone who just up and walked away? Walked away from them at a time of great need, of great distress. You know, depression was very hard to come by. Think about the families that tried to make it. There are some that were able to get through it the best that they could. There were other families that just dissolved. They couldn't do it. They decided to give up. When you're living in a country, especially as poor as Greece was, because again, right now things have changed, and I'm sure that the places where they are at, I don't know if there are people living there or if it's just deserted. Whatever it might be, though, whatever it might be, if you go back to that time period, back into the how they grew up and the circumstances, you say, can you have done, would you have done, would you have done those things? Would you have been able to survive in their time? See, if I can go into a time travel machine, I probably could. I could probably go back to that time. See my parents as youngsters. They didn't have a formal education. They didn't have any education. Their parents couldn't afford to keep them, to to put them in school. None of the none of the siblings, if I can recall, have any type of an education. So then you say, well, how do they learn? They learn to the best of their ability. My father had to learn to speak English when he came here to America to work. He picked it up from his, you know, people he worked with, or he probably heard it from television. My mother had to read English. She had to learn, but she also learned from watching television, from picking it up. But that wasn't their first language. The first language was their native tongue, Greek. When she had to get her papers and they had her in the immigration office, and then they asked her questions, almost like multiple choice trick type questions. And she answered them to the best of her ability. She was honest with them because that's what you have to be when you come into this into this part of the world to become a U.S. citizen. You want to be truthful. And she asked the question or answered the question that the, the proctor had said, if there was a war between Greece and, and the United States, which side would you choose? Well, she was honest. She goes, I would have to choose Greece because, again, Greece is my home. This is where I came from, where I was born. I thought that they were going to be like, you're siding with, you know, the enemy. Well, no, you're asking a question that anyone would answer in a heartbeat. Like me, I was born here in America, I would have to say the United States. But I would also say Greece too, only because of the fact that I was born to foreign-born parents. When you're born to foreign-born parents, you have an understanding of where they come from. So when we went back, back when I was nine years old, we went to visit. We actually went there for three months, I believe. It was for summer vacation. And we had the time off to do that. And granted, I enjoyed my time there, but I would love to go back just to see. Now, the house where we went to, it was still standing. Right now, I don't know the condition of it. I believe it's fallen apart. No one has taken care of it. The property's just disintegrating. If there's nobody there to take care of it, what are they going to do with it? knock it down and hope to God somebody something else would be built in its place or they could try to sell what's left of it and we can get our fair share of it we're all family members right all of our elders have passed well not all of them correction my mother is the first one in her family to go in terms of the sibling then came my uncle the other ones are still alive, and, and my aunt, which is my uh, mother's sister, again, they're about 
15 years apart, 16 years apart, it's a huge age difference between them. Um, and I saw a picture of them, and I look at them, I thought, they look at the closest, look how beautiful that picture is. A young woman, you know, you know, looks up to her, her older sister. You grow up in a house, and you have three, three boys, so there was five of them. I think at one point, though, from what I heard from my sibling that I think that my mother's family would have been expanded before them. I think there would have been three other children. I think they, they died in birth. My mother, my, my father's family, instead of four, it would have been a lot more. It would have been like seven or eight, nine, I think. Because I think before that, there were three other children that were, that, that had been, um, were born but were deceased. And so he would have come from a big family. But either way, they both they both came from bigger families, you know. And then my grandmother was one out of seven. So there's all this stuff that's going on right now. Um, and the idea that if you think of family relations, you think, let's go back to our family tree. Do you think that we could find where we come from? Maybe we are descended from royalty. Maybe we have kings and queens and princes and princesses and generals and whatever. It's exciting to go back to see where you come from. I always want to know exactly where I come from. Who are my relatives? You know, you can find someone that has some type of a connection with you. And you go and you travel to that part of the world and guess what? Surprise, I have another relative I didn't know about. That's the beauty of looking up on your family tree to see who's out there. And I think to myself, it would be great, it would be wonderful that we can go back to Greece and say, oh my God, I didn't know we were family. It's a really good thing to think about. But I have brought it up many times over and I thought to myself, well, this is a time that we have to get together. This is a time we need to come together as, as a family should. And we need to do that. You ask yourself all these questions. You ask yourself what you need to do to get on with your life. I myself have a lot of unanswered questions. And I know deep down inside there's more to it. In the lifetime, in our lifetime, we have so much we could talk about. You know, I might be droning on right now. But think about this. Did you ever look at your family? Did you ever go back and say, hey, I might be related to someone I didn't know. I could be either related to somebody famous or I could have some type of royalty in my family. It's exciting to know, you know. It's like you're going back in time. There was a lot of turmoil in the family. There was a lot of, a lot of them didn't get along. When I told you the story of when my father introduced my mother to his family, his family didn't like her. And I thought, why? My mother never got along with certain members of his family. Now, he didn't shun her and say, oh, well, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna get together until you learn to get along with my family. No, him and his father never got along with each other. Him and his father always had some type of a disagreement going on. He was a very hard man to please, very, very difficult. There are a lot of times when you say to yourself, there are families, not all families get along with each other. Not all families have that closeness with one another. There's sometimes a disagreement here and there, or there could be an all-out war. And you think to yourself, well, why can't you guys get along? You know, when you introduce 
When you bring somebody to your family and say, this is the woman I'm going to marry, this is the man I'm going to marry, you want your family to embrace him or her with open arms. But there are families that think, well, I don't know if I can trust this person to take care of my brother or sister. If you think to yourself, I want my brother or sister to have that happiness that they, they long for. And you want your families to come together in peace and harmony, not through crisis and through, through, through uh, some type of disagreement. You know, yes, not everybody's going to like you. I have said that to all of you out there. You have to learn to get along with each other. You have to. And especially when you have children. When you have children, children look up to, to grown-ups as role models. Now, if you cannot get along, if you cannot get along with each other, what's the alternative? You to fight like cats and dogs until something gets resolved? I look back at my father and my mother and think of this harsh circumstances they grew up under. But their families, too. You think, okay, not everybody gets along in the family. My father, again, grew up in a family of four. He was the second oldest. It was him, his older brother, and his two sisters. My mother was the oldest of five, so it was her, her younger sister, and her three brothers. And I'm sure that then it was very difficult for my grandmother to manage a household with five children and not having a husband present to be the father figure. They had to be both mother and father. Do you know how difficult that is? And my mother had to take on the role of being the substitute mother, second mother. She told me the stories of how she had to take care of her siblings through good and bad times. She had to make sure that they were fed properly, that they were clothed properly, they had an education. Um, If they got out of line, they were disciplined. You know, those things are very, you have to do that. As a parent, if you were parents, you would have to do that for your children anyway. But she wasn't a parent. She was the oldest sibling. She was the second mother. It was a mother-like, you know. She took on that role at a young age. And you think to yourself, well, she was fantastic doing it at that time in her life. And then when she got married and she was married to my father and she had us, she was a fantastic wife and mother. She pulled it off. She did a phenomenal job taking care of the house and us at the same time and, and, and taking care of her husband and helping him when it was needed because we did fall in harsh times. If you look back at a decade and you think, look at all the harsh times that we went through. There was a whole gas shortage crisis in the early 70s. There was this inflation. There were so many things going on, but they they held it together as a couple should. Now, right now we're going through a crisis again. Possible reception might be looming down the line. You know, who knows? Families have to be together and pull through 100%. You all have to get in there and help as much as you can. And you say to yourself, well, what can I do? Anything is Anything you can do to make this family great again, to get through the harshest of the harsh. You know, it's not easy, but we can get through. We as humans can get through anything that is thrown at us in life. You know, I'm going through a difficult time doing this on my own. And I'm not, I don't want to have my family help me out every single time I'm in a crisis. I want them to know that I can take care of myself. I want them to see that I can stand on my own two feet. Is it okay to ask for help? It is. But I feel like if I do ask for help, I'm out of line. I'm too proud to ask anybody for assistance. I'm just too proud. But there is a part of me that would would like to talk to all of you about what I'm going through right now. I'm focusing on the one person that needs me the most. And I'm doing my very best to help him out. And I want him to know how much he means to me. He is more than just 
somebody that I truly love. He's my future, my, my present and my future. If you put your needs in front of someone else's, that's wonderful too. That's not being shameful. My father, when he was sick, or even before he got sick, when any one of us got ill in the family, he put his own health aside to take care of his wife and, and his daughters. That's the type of man he was. And I said, Dad, you're sacrificing your health for the sake of others? He goes, that is my job as a husband. Men will take the responsibility of saying, hey, look, I have a wife, I have children, but if they get sick, I have to step up to the plate and take care of them. It's my job. And if you think about this, women will do the same thing. Women will say, well, wait a minute now. You're also my responsibility. It's my job to take care of you as a woman, to take care of you if I'm your wife and mother of your children. Put your needs first, right? But my father was very stubborn, and he took his health, didn't take it seriously. When he got sick with cancer, that's when everything came to play. But he also gave up on himself, and I didn't like that. He gave up on himself too soon. He sacrificed everything to make my mother well and to make us well, putting his health at risk. You say, what kind of a man does that? Well, that was my father for you. He put his own needs last. But when it was his turn, we came to him in his time of crisis. He says, I've done everything I could for you, for all of you. Now just let me be. In other words, he wanted to wanted to give up I said dad no I'm not gonna let you give up you're gonna fight to stay on this earth for as long as you can I still need you if you break away from me the father and daughter bond will be broken forever is that what you want now at the time because I didn't understand what he was going through I felt that him by him saying I'm gonna give up that he was just quitting. Not knowing that the cancer in his body was all taking over. It was rapidly going all over his brain, his lungs, his liver. Every part of his body was consumed by the illness, by the disease. I didn't know, and I was selfish at the time. I said, Dad, I still need you in my life. If you think I don't need you, come on now. Why are we having this conversation? All the years that we've grown up, that's what you did. You put your health to the side. And my father survived two heart attacks, one in his 40s, one in his 50s. But you know how he got those heart attacks? Stress. So I tell all of you out there, yes, we all need to work, you know, to, to stay alive in this world, you know, and, and to provide for not just for ourselves, but if we're lucky enough, we have someone in our life for them. But if you work yourself too much, it can lead to a lot of diseases. Stress is a killer, a silent killer. It leads to heart attacks and strokes and, and all kinds of issues that, to be honest with you, I don't ever want to have in my lifetime. There's a time for that. You know, a lot of people think money is very important. It is important. To survive, it is. I've come across in my lifetime how I looked at my parents' marriage. My father, again, was a giving man. He went out of his way to give his wife everything. My mother was content. She did not once. She was not the type of woman who said, look, you have to get me furs and, and jewelry. No, she was a simple woman. Simple woman. Now, so you can understand why I don't care for any material things. 
If I ever wanted to go out and get something in my lifetime, I will go out and get it if I have the need for it. But to be honest with you, anything materialistic doesn't make me happy. The true thing that makes me happy is being around people, being around someone, feeling someone's arms around you, feeling their kisses and their touch and their hug. And those are things that are priceless. You can't put a price tag on that. And I've told him many times, I don't want anything materialistic. You want to make me happy? You yourself come physically down. You are my prize. You are the man that I want in my life forever. And we could take each other all over the world. We could go exploring. We could travel to all these places that we've never been. I could take you back to the area where my parents grew up to give you a history lesson and, and show you how I was brought up. How I was brought up was less. I don't ask for much. I don't ask for many things. I'm not materialistic. I could not care less about designer stuff. I couldn't care less about what it is you wear, what you have, what you drive, where you... That doesn't interest me. You know what interests me? You, as a person, interests me. If you look around this room, do you see anything that I want? Most of the stuff, again, is left behind by my late parents. Now, do I own it? Well, I do, but I don't even have to have it. I don't even have to bring it with me. It could stay behind. When you think about sacrifice, you think about what is it that truly makes you happy? If you look around you, does all of this replace a human being? No. If you tell me, and I've come across people that say, I don't need anybody in my life to fulfill me, to complete me. Yes, you do. We all do. If you tell me you live in a world where you have a beautiful home and you have all of this, is that really going to make you happy? Every single day that you come home, you come home to this. There's nobody here waiting to have a conversation, to sit down for a dinner. I don't have that. I had that with my mother when she was alive. I don't have it anymore. And I wish to God I can get that back. Where we sit down and we have dinner together and we talk about current events or whatever it is. And we're together spending that time together. I miss her. I miss her presence. And I was just talking to this, this woman that we have never met. But she knows our family. So we're kind of related in a sense. And she says, oh, you know, I loved your mother and I heard about what happened to your father because he passed away in the early 90s. And then, and then the fact of the matter is that my, my grandmother passed away in, in uh, 1996. She made it to 96, 96 years old when she passed. And my mother was devastated when she found out her own mother was gone. She goes, now I don't know about what, what, with her father because again, they did not have that close father-daughter bond. And I always think that my mother was envious of the time that I had spent with my father because she goes, you have that bond. I never had that bond with my father. He walked out on us. He decided we weren't enough for him. I still don't understand that. I don't understand. But she said she still loved him. How do you love someone after they did that to you? Explain that to me. How do you love someone after they do that to you? If you ask yourself, if, if my father had done that to all of us, I don't know if I could forgive him. I mean, yes, he's still my father. I love him, but I'm not going to understand why he did that. And if you give me a valid reason as to why you did it, 
I don't want to hear, well, I fell in love with someone else and I didn't want to be around my wife and my children. I didn't want to step up to the responsibility as a man, as the head of the household, to take care of your wife and your children at that time, at that crisis that they were going through. I would never be able to forgive. Don't come back here unless you give me a valid reason as to why you did what you did. I want to know what possessed you to do that. Because my mother, when we talk at this, have this conversation, I wanted to know what my grandfather was all about. What kind of a man was he? Well, there you go. There's the man he was, a man who didn't care. Basically, he just couldn't handle all of what was going on. He bailed. So his father, her grandfather, came in and helped out. He helped out her mother. He helped out her and her siblings. But she became the second mother. And I said to her, that must have been very difficult. She told me the stories of what it was like. When you're the oldest of five, you have to take on the responsibility at that young age. It prepares you for when you become a parent. That's why when I look at her, I revere her. She became a phenomenal, phenomenal mother. She was big inspiration for me. She never wanted anything. They didn't want the glamour, didn't want the materialistic thing. Whatever my father gave her, she was happy with it. She never said, hey, look, I want this or I want that. You know how some women are like that because the only thing they're focusing on is not the man themselves of what he can provide for her. It could be the simplest thing. If you gave me something and it came from your heart and it, didn't, it wasn't extravagant, I would take it with a grain of salt. Why? Because you poured your heart out to me. It's not what you buy that will, that will make a person love you more. It's the thought behind it. Do you understand what I'm saying to all of you? It's the thought. My father, when I was little, he gave me a little statue. I still have it. I'm looking at it now. He gave it to me. Why did he give it to me? Because I love you. That's why. There was no other reason. There's no holiday, no birthday. He gave it because he wanted to. It came from his heart. I took it. I didn't question it. I took it. But I think of all the women and the men that try so hard to please. Hey, let me go out and buy you this. No, you know what you could do for me? You know what you could do for me that I've always wanted? Give me a hug and a kiss. Praise me. Tell me you love me. Pour your heart out to me. I don't care for material things, for gifts. But to be honest with you, again, you can replace inanimate objects. You can replace things that come and go, right? People you can't replace. Once you have someone in your life and you truly hold on and you love them, that they get sick and then they're taken away from you, you can't get them back no matter how many times. This is not when you wake up on TV and, oh, they're right in front of you as if nothing happened. It doesn't happen like that. This is real life we're talking about, right? When I look at my father and I think of all the things he had done and I praise him, now, I remember this now in school when they say, what does your father do for a living? Well, five days a week, he works at a factory. So he was a factory worker, right? And then one weekend or one Saturday, every Saturday of the weekend, he worked as a waiter in a nightclub. I wasn't ashamed, but you know, some kids, some kids bragged to everybody. Guess what my father does? My father's a lawyer and a doctor. Yeah, so what? Your father's providing for all of you. He's putting food on the table and giving you a place to stay through hard work. 
If you start bragging to me what your parents do and you say, oh, and I've known this. One of my friends said his father worked the janitor at the school. I'm like, yeah, and? Your father is doing the job to provide for all of you. Oh, but the kids were making fun of me. Let them make fun of you. Your father is doing a job. It's called hard work. He's giving you and your family a place to stay. Food in your stomach and clothes on your back. Does it really matter if you think about it? And this is another thing I brought up. It's a title. Is It does not change who you are. If you, if you could see that. If, if I tell you what I do for a living... Does that make me better than you? No. If someone says, oh, well, I work in the field of entertainment. Yeah, and what's your point? Are you going to brag to me what you have? Do you think that I'm impressed with what you have? No. Look around you. This is how I live. Am I ashamed of how I live? No, I'm not. The only thing that bothers me is when I think about what I have versus what people don't have. Because if you think to yourself... If you go back to your parents' generation of how they grew up, they were on top of each other. Can you imagine living in a home where you have this many people and they're on top of one another? Can you imagine having children where they had to share everything? They don't have anything to call their own. Now, granted, when we came here, when I was born and we came here to New Jersey, I had my own room. I had things I could call my own, but again, I was willing to share. It wasn't all mine. I was given hand-me-downs that my sister had growing up. Because my father was like, you know, this is just as good enough. We're not going to go out and splurge. But my father, again, was the type of man that, again, you didn't have to ask him for anything. He just provided for you. And I was lucky. He was like my Santa Claus all over again, even though I didn't believe in Santa Claus. Okay? Just call me odd on that. I didn't believe that there was a man coming down the chimney delivering presents for good boys and girls and that the bad boys and girls got a bag of coal. A little far-fetched, don't you think? My father was my hero. My father was the man that I looked up to, but he sacrificed. He says, I am not going to put my daughters and my wife through that type of hell. I'm not going to do that to them. And as far as their health is concerned, their health is far more important than mine. I said, Dad, you're doing it again. You're putting your health at risk for what? For us? He says, I love you too much to have, to want to have anything happen to you. You know, when my mother went through a blood disorder, she was in the hospital. They didn't know that she was going to live. He broke down crying. He says, I cannot live my life. But I said, yes, you can. And she will be fine. Pray to God. Isn't that what we do? We pray to God for a miracle. We pray. As a matter of fact, let me just say the Lord's Prayer with all of you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespass. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Be power of the glory. Glory to the Lord and glory to Jesus Christ and everyone above. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you pray to God for whether you, you want someone to get well from an illness or you're mourning the loss of someone and you pray to God that, okay, now he's in God's home. They're in God's home being well watched over and taken care of. Both my mother and father, they're up in heaven. They don't even have a hint of an illness. And the dream that I had, you know what I saw? 
they were both healthy. I said, I wish I could be up here with you. He goes, no, I don't want you to ever talk to us like that, ever. You still have a mission in this lifetime. You have someone to focus on, focus on him. Make him your priority. Put your, put your needs aside. Put him at the top of the list. So I say to all of you, that's what you need to do. Put your own needs aside and take care of the ones that you love. Take care of the ones you love. Make them your top priority. When I tell all of you, yeah, but we need to, in order for us to do that, we have to work. You could work, but don't work yourself to death. Remember the people in your life. Put them ahead of your job. I'm going to give you another example. When my father had the two jobs, and then they let him go after he had his first heart attack. They let him go from the nightclub. He spent our time with us on the weekends. We went on these little family trips. He says, you know, life is short. Let's spend some time together. So I said, okay. But then he got sick again. And the second job that he had, let him go. My father continued to work. He's like, I can't just sit here and do it. I said, Mom, Dad, you could retire. You and Mom could retire. You go back to your native land. You could do the things that you couldn't do when you were working. He goes, you don't understand. My life is to work, to provide for all of you. But you have done that. You have provided to, with us everything. Did you ever hear us complain? Did you ever hear us say, hey, Dad, you could do better? No. I would never do that. There was one thing I would ever tell all of you is, I don't have it in my heart to complain. I'm not one to complain. You can provide for us and do the best of your ability to the best that you can, but don't work yourself to death. Don't work yourself where you have to work so hard and you have a health crisis. Because remember this, life is short and the time we have on this earth is very, very short. Very, very short. We have to make time to be with our loved ones. We have to make time to be with each other. Put our differences aside. Put everything we have off to the back burner and say to ourselves, this is what we need to do. We need to spend time with our loved ones. Stop making excuses. Stop procrastinating. And furthermore, walk away from your job. There are some jobs that are a little more stressful than others. Give yourself a chance to breathe. Take some extended time off. So you can create a life with someone new. So you can have a family. You can have that togetherness. Hey, maybe you and, and your significant other can have a life together and create your own company where you don't have to put that much pressure to work for someone else. You work when you want to work to spend that time together. Because isn't that what's important? Spending time together before it's too late. My father had all these dreams about going back to Greece with my mother, having a second home in Florida. And I said to him, you want to go, go to Florida, go ahead. That's Hurricane Alley down there. He didn't care. He wanted to travel. He wanted to do all of these things. And I said, dad, you'll have plenty of time. Not knowing that around the corner, because I had predicted this now from the dreams that I had, he wouldn't be around much longer and he wouldn't make it. He wouldn't make those golden years. He died before that time came, but he gave it his all. Did he regret his life before? No. And when he talked about his prior life, the tears were real. It wasn't acting. It was real. His tears were real. He said it with raw emotion. 
As I say to all of you, time is limited. Make that time to spend with your loved ones before it's too late. Let's put all the stuff. For me, I'm a simple woman. I will tell all of that to all of you. And I've told it to the man that I love. I am a simple woman. You don't have to go out of your way to impress me. I already have you. Isn't that enough? We have each other. Isn't that enough? Because I hear it in his voice when I talk to him. And I said, you've done so much for me. Now let me do something for you. Let me step up to the plate and take care of you. Let me do all of this for you. Because in the end, we will have our rewards. Our reward will be each other. That's our biggest rewards, each other. So I'm going to end this episode and say, hey, look, you have to sacrifice the ones that you love. You have to sacrifice whatever it is you need to do to keep the love going strong. Because that's a true test of being a human being. True test. So God bless all of you. Have a great week ahead. And remember, sacrifice, persevere, never give up. True test is the two of you making it in this world. You don't have to go out and get each other things to impress upon another. The greatest gift you have is each other. That's the greatest gift. So God bless all of you.